Thank you, Jack. Thank you, team. And good morning, everyone. How are you all? Good. Good to hear. Very good. It's also today our baptism Sunday, which I'm very excited about. And uh, we have a couple of people that are going to be getting baptized straight after this out the front of our church uh, in the pool. And uh, I'm excited to do that. Uh, I like doing baptisms in the car park and uh, with our extended awning, even when it rains, I'm sure we'll be able to work out a way to still do that. Because believe it or not, one time we had the pool in here and uh, a lot of the carpet got wet as the pool collapsed. And uh, so an executive decision was made (laughs) to uh, not do water baptisms on the carpet anymore. So... Uh, it is, it is going to be uh, awesome being a part of that uh, after service. But uh, Pastor Nikki, we should only show shoebox videos after the preach uh, in times forward. I, I could hear like half the room sniffling uh, when that video was up. And uh, I don't know, just uh, yeah, made me feel very appreciative for all that God has given to me. And uh, I'm excited to go shopping and fill a shoebox. It's going to be fun. And uh, I'm going to take little Alaska. I was shopping with her yesterday for a little dress. Uh, We're taking her to her first wedding uh, this Friday uh, for Jody and Greg, who I was going to pray for them today, but uh, I don't think they've made it to uh, church this morning. But uh, Heavenly Father, we just lift up Jody and Greg to you as they are into their last week before their wedding. And God, we just ask you bless them as they become one in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to do that though. I'm going to take Alaska shopping and we're going to fill a shoebox. And uh, I encourage you, fill one, fill two. And uh, I just think that'd be awesome. We need to get our, our youth on Friday night. Jack, let's get them filling shoeboxes and uh, let's all of us fill shoeboxes as well. Maybe that would be a great opportunity for you to take your life group out or grab some friends and meet over at the shops on Thursday night, have some dinner together and then uh, go fill some shoeboxes together or something. I reckon that'd be, that would be a fun outing to do. Uh, 22nd of October, yes? Very good. Hey, also update church, uh, across our three locations, we are super close to our goal of 200,000 for our provision for the vision. We are at 180,000, praise God, which is just fantastic. And uh, I'm excited to uh, uh, see us hit that 200 and then uh, step into all of what God has for us uh, to do. And uh, I know what that means, it's going to mean an unrestricted running for the rest of this year and into next year. And to ask that you would be praying for the church as, uh, as we do that, to see souls saved. That is the game. That's the main game. It's the main goal. It's the command. It's the commission. It's what we have been called to do. Well, uh, today uh, we are up to episode four, part four of our five-part series, Like Jesus. And uh, we've done Shine Like Jesus. We've done Judge Like Jesus. We've done Love Like Jesus. Today, we're going to preach a message I've entitled, Lead Like Jesus, as the daily walk. My first verse, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said this, he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. 
Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we come around your word now, God, I pray that you would inspire us. Lord God, that you would stir us up to live like you. God, that we would get closer to you. We would become more like you. Lord God, as we walk out today, Lord, that it would set us on fire to do what you have left us here to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want to I start uh, my sermon this morning with uh, a story about David Livingston. Uh, David Livingston was known as Africa's greatest missionary. However, he was only recorded to have converted one African. This African just so happened to be a chief, though, and his name was Seychelles, the chief of one of the largest tribes, which is actually now the tribe with the language that is spoken in South Africa, Lesotho and Botswana. Livingston saw this guy, Holy Spirit led him, and an incredible encounter took place for this guy. This guy was able to read and learned the English alphabet in two days, and this chief then went on to translate the Bible into his native tongue. So you can imagine the impact of seeing one man saved who was able to then do what he could do with translating the Bible into his native tongue, making it possible for all of his people to be able to read the Bible. You can imagine the influence. You know, David Livingston actually uh, has a lot of statues uh, about the guy uh, scattered all throughout Europe and uh, multiple are with a lion. And uh, it's actually because he was attacked by a lion in Africa uh, on one of his missionary journeys and this lion, big male lion, had him pinned down and his left arm was pinned down onto the ground and uh, one of the other guys uh, helped scaring the, the lion off by firing a rifle and uh, David Livingston survived and a uh, pretty cool epic like story to, to then have as like, yeah, took on a took on a line, you know, the David in the Bible. <laughs> well, uh, David Livingston here again, yes, very good. And uh, so, pretty cool statues all around Europe. But uh, the guy's incredible. I love David Livingston. Uh, just an incredible missionary. Uh, William Wilberforce and David Livingston would have to be two of the historical figures that I, I really appreciate because of their, their mission to impact humanity on a large scale. And uh, in a time where that was reasonably difficult to do, uh, you know, we have our influences today. Well, they think they're influence anyway, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced that they're influenced by Instagram, not the other way around. But uh, this guy, this guy was awesome. And uh, he, he uh, was convinced by his responsibility to humanity. On one of his missions, uh, he made this statement. He, he was... Uh, going there to explore, but he had a mission in mind, and it was to end the African slave trade. And as an explorer, his fame spread for his obsession with learning the sources of the Nile River. He believed if he could solve that age-old mystery, his fame would give him influence, influence to then end the slave trade. The Nile sources, he told a friend, uh, valuable only as a means of opening my mouth with power among men. And is, it is this power with which I hope to remedy 
an immense evil. Livingston was a leader and he wasn't willing to just sit by and he had an ability and he had a mission and he had a focus and he was willing to go after it. Livingston said this, people talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice which is simply acknowledging a great debt we owe to our God, which we can never repay? Is that a sacrifice which brings its own reward in healthy activity, the consciousness of doing good, peace of mind and a bright hope of a glorious destiny? It is emphatically no sacrifice. Rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, danger, foregoing the common conveniences of this life, these may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing compared with the glory which shall later be revealed in and through us. I never made a sacrifice. Of this we ought not to talk. When we remember the great sacrifice which he made, who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. David, I believe, had a very good handle on life. Understanding that what was his was from God and that he was required to do something with it. And I like that. I want to ask you a question this morning. Who's your leader? Have you ever played follow the leader? Where you follow people and uh, generally you then blame the leader for whatever ends up happening. Well, if you're going to play a game with your life, checking into who the leader is is probably worth some consideration. Checking into who you follow or what you follow. Are you the leader? Or is something within you driving you, compelling you? Maybe something that you have become enslaved to? Or is someone in your life your leader? Lead like Jesus. If we daily walk the way Jesus did, our lives and the lives of those around us will be better when we are walking with Him. You know, just before this statement that Jesus made, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Peter had just declared Jesus as the Messiah, sent from God, and then Jesus warns his disciples not to tell anyone who he was, because there was a plan. Jesus was a man on a mission, and I want to read this to us on the next slide, Luke chapter 9, verse 26, to put this into context. Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. That moment was to come, Jesus said this, the son of man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? 
anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. If you give up your life for Jesus' sake, you'll save it. It's like most things. When we compare Christianity and the way of Christ to the way of the world, it's an oxymoron. This is different. The world says to live a certain way and you will be rewarded in a certain way. And most of the time, the Bible tells us pretty much the very, very opposite. Give and you'll receive. The world says hoard and you will have. The world says to to look to oneself and to engage in feelings and emotion and to live driven by the makeup and well, the Bible says, no, empty oneself of yourself and to live and to die and to follow Christ. Following Jesus leads to salvation. Jesus is the answer. So this morning, I encourage you to follow the leader. Jesus is worthy to be followed. He's worthy to be followed, which means he's worth following. Well, who is he? Who he is, is worth becoming. Who he is, is the best for us and the best for those around us. Being led by Jesus will benefit us and leading our lives and leading those around us like Jesus will also be the best for them. We're going to look at a uh, reasonably famous passage (coughs) of scripture uh, today and uh, it is when Peter walked on water as Jesus had come walking on the water and uh, we're going to approach it with this idea in mind of leadership, of following Jesus and why following Jesus is so valuable. I want to read it to us first this morning. So Matthew chapter 14 verse 22 to 36. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Just to give some context into this moment, this is just after Jesus fed the 5,000, and it is the second time that Jesus has told his disciples to get into the boat and to cross to the other side. The first time Jesus was with them, he was in the boat with them, and he was asleep with his head on the pillow. Crazy storm happened. And uh, he calmed it, they thought they were all going to die, they didn't think he loved them, they got to the other side, and that's when we shared a couple of weeks ago around the idea of judging like Jesus, and Jesus came to the uh, cities uh, in Gennesaret, and the demoniac men were uh, freed uh, from the oppression. Well, this is the second time that Jesus is asking them to get in the boat, but he didn't go with them. And it says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord... If it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, 
Come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. Before we jump into this story, pun intended, it's my dad joke for the week. Jumping into the water, I'm going to jump into the scripture today, my friends. But before we do, I love these last two verses of this passage of scripture. And uh, check this out, Matthew chapter 14, verse 35 to 36. It's awesome. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. As I said, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in in part two, Judge Like Jesus, where we are to judge the people around us and also judge ourselves the way Jesus judges people. And I love this because at the end of that story, the demoniac was asking Jesus, God, please come with you. I want to follow you. You have changed my life. Like, whoa. Like, it was a radical transformation. And uh, Jesus said, no. I don't want you to follow me. I don't want you to come with me. I just want to send you out right now. Oh, you're going to be a missionary. And I want you to go back to your hometown. And I want you to tell everyone what I've done for you. And that's what the man did. Now, clearly he did a good job of it. Because they're back at the same place. Now, remember the first time the crowds came out to see what had happened. And, and they saw this demoniac man. Now not naked and howling and screaming and carrying on sitting sane and clothed and they were in awe and they had seen all of their pigs go and be killed into the into the lake and they begged him to leave begged him to go but by the testimony of this one man of what Jesus had done for him this time the word spread yet again quickly And they all came out and they didn't come out by themselves. They also went and found all of their sick, all of the people that they could find in their town. Anyone they could get their hands on, they're like, it's the same guy. It's the guy that restored that man. You see, in the moment, it might have been a little bit scary what Jesus did. And that's true. I know when sometimes people come to church for the first time and they might might get a little bit overwhelmed in praise and worship. They start crying, what is going on? Because God's encountering them. He's making himself real to them. But it can be a little bit full on sometimes. Or maybe someone comes out the front or someone, and someone prays for them and they fall over under the power of God. And they're like, it's too much for me. And it's like, I, I thought I could come to church. I mean, the roof didn't fall on. That was a good start. But, but people started falling over. I'm like, that ain't going to be me. I'm out. You know, when people encounter God for the first time sometimes, it's a bit, 
And some of what we do is a little bit weird, especially for Christians who have been Christian for a long time. We forget how weird it is sometimes. Like Jesus walking on water. If you're new here today and you're not a believer, we get that that's weird too. It's not normal. But our God doesn't do normal things. And he's able to do things that might seem impossible to us in the natural, but he's God. He's too big for us to contain in our minds. We can't comprehend it all or understand it all. Word spread quickly. They were bringing out everyone to him. And this time, instead of begging him to leave, they're literally begging him, please let our sick people touch you. Can they just touch the fringe of your garment? Now, that, that's a shocking statement to me because if any of you uh, have heard Pastor Shane's Willard message about the spreading of the garment the, under the wings of Jesus with the, the tassels, the edge, the, the, the outermost part of the garment, even in that, that tiny little edge part, there's a lot of power. And, and, and we see that in the story of the woman who pushed through the crowd who had been bleeding for 12 years long. And she, she just said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, and she got it, and she was healed instantaneously, because there's so much love and power in who Jesus is. This town of Gentiles have not only heard about Jesus, but they've obviously been discipled and they've begun to be taught the ways of Christ that even they now know that they can touch the hem of his garment. That's awesome. This guy has done a very good job of doing what Jesus told him to do. I love it. It's awesome. Well, I've got some thoughts for us this morning about the role of Jesus in our walk, of what he can do for you and for me. Number one, he calls us out. He calls us out out of the boat but he encourages us he's out there too he's not in the boat going come on come on Joe get out let's go come on you can, come on you can do it let's go come on and you know as a good dad you know face your fear get out there you know mum's not mum's you know generally the one side no oh, come here I got you and dad's like nah come on let's give it a go it can't be that bad let's see what'll happen it's like you know it's, it's, it's a good balance and all of that but Jesus is out there and he calls us out. Where he asks us to go, he is. He's with us. You see, he's with us in the boat, but he's with us on the water. And he's already there. He's not waiting for us. He's already out there and he's calling us out. And he encourages us by being out there. Calls us out of our place of comfort. Calls us out of the place that's holding us back. You know, I mean, Peter was surrounded by some good dudes. They were good people. But they weren't getting out. No one else had foot and mouth disease like old Petey boy. And uh, he's like, Lord, if that's really you. And Jesus is like, yes, come. He didn't stop the storm. Just called him out. And I believe he's calling us out. He's calling us out of our place of comfort, church. He's calling us out of the place that might be okay, but it's not where we're to live. You and I are children of God. If you're a believer in Christ here today, 
then you too have been called out of the boat. Number two, he goes before us. Not only in this moment was Jesus already out there, but it's, it's scattered throughout all of the gospel stories. He exampled what he has asked us to do. I mean, even in things like temptation, he was tempted in every way, yet he didn't give in. He didn't sin. He understands our weaknesses. He's gone before us. He goes before us. People are getting baptized today. It's not only a command of Christ, but he exampled it to us. He exampled the importance. He told John, no, no, no. I want you to baptize me because we must do what is right. And so Jesus, even in that, humbling himself, leaving the throne room, coming down to his creation, serving us, being baptized, dying for us. He goes before us. Number three, he shows us the way. He shows us the way. Jesus came walking on the water. I love that. He didn't appear. He did do that after he's resurrected. But this time he came walking on the water. And I love that. Because he, I, lo- I love in Mark how it says, and he meant to pass them by. It just gets me every time. It's, it, it's humorous. I love that part. Because you know what? I picture that. And I picture Jesus just giving the boys a good wave. <laughs> I did say meet you on the other side, right? Yeah. And Jesus walking on water. And I love that Mark adds in those little extras to the Bible. He meant to pass them by. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Anyways, he stops. And he encourages them. He shows them the way. Number four, he protects us. This is really interesting. In this moment, there's a lot going on. I mean, the guys thought they were going to die. <laughs> it's the second time they've been out. I think some of us, you know, it takes a couple of times before we get things too. Let's not be so harsh on the boys, okay, in the boat. All right, you and I. <laughs> yep, that happens with us too. We take a few times to... Say, yes, Lord, I obey, I'll lean in. And, uh, you know, it's going on here too. But he protects us. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't have to stop the storm to protect Peter. And you think about this, because the storm was still raging, and it's why Peter began to sink. So Peter's like, Lord, if that's truly you. So he gets wrapped up in this moment, and she's like, yep, come. So Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking on water. It's incredible. Not only what God can do, but what we can do at his bidding. The power of the voice of God, the power of the call on your life, what you can achieve. But the storm's still raging on in this moment. The wind, the waves. And we know that because it's what causes Peter to start to sink. He cries out to Jesus. And I love that Jesus instantaneously, the Bible says, immediately reaches out, grabs him by the hand, pulls him back up onto the water. And then they walk back together to the boat. He protects us from the storm. You might be called into a moment where, yes, even the call might be a little bit scary to get out of the boat, but then you get out of the boat and it's still scary. You might be called to do something that's not comfortable. Even right now, church, some of you might be in a storm with some wind and some waves going on in your life. Well, even in the middle of all of that, Jesus will be able 
to see you through because he protects us. Number five, he helps us when we begin to sink. Grabs us by the hand. Number six, he goes with us. He doesn't just call us out. He's there. And he didn't just jump in when Peter needed him to. Jesus remained there with him. Where Jesus asks you to go, he goes with you. He walked with Peter back to the boat. And lastly, number seven, he teaches us. Debrief time. I love a good debrief time. I remember when I was youth pastor, end of every Friday night, debrief, yell it out, it was debrief time. And uh, not everyone liked debrief time at the start when I implemented it. And uh, oh, oh, Pastor John, debrief time. It's like debrief, it's not fun, it's not youth, it's not Maccas, it's not cool. And uh, debriefing is important. So you get the team together, you get the family together. And uh, you know what? Jack might have been one of those ones that uh, did not enjoy or appreciate youth leaders in the room. Debrief time. But I know he runs them now. (laughs) Yes. And you know why? Debrief time is invaluable. Because not only can you look over what happened in that moment, in that program, in that day, in that season, whatever it might be, but you can pull out encouragement. You can pull out truth to get you ready. You can discuss the testimonies. That's why I love debrief time because I would get people to share testimonies so that everyone on team was encouraged by what happened that night. You know, it's like I, I've told the team here at Red Church Morayfield that when someone gets saved, it's not the preacher. Jesus is the one that leads us into repentance But hey, I mean, if the team this morning didn't show up to church and uh, put the flags out and turn the coffee machine on and make sure the chairs were out and in a line and carpets were clean and toilet paper in the toilet, thank you, Jesus, amen for that one. Set up the production, run the kids, flags out, practiced. Thank you, musicians, for practicing during the week to lead us into the presence of God. If all of the team doesn't make church work, we can't run church. It's the same with debrief time, recognizing that it's everyone's testimony. Even showing up to church, my friend, it is your testimony too, because you've added to the room. You've encouraged the team by being here, but you've also encouraged the new believer the one who's going to step out of the boat into relationship with Jesus, that, wow, lots of people are Christian. Wow, look at them. This is, this is amazing. So it's your testimony too. And I like that. And it's what's so powerful about the teaching moments that even Jesus would have with his disciples. And why? Why? Because he's a good leader. Why? To get us ready for our next steps. When you follow the leader... There's many different ways to follow leaders, but the best way is to follow in their footsteps, to live like they live, to see what they do and to follow them, to copy them, to mimic them, to imitate them. You know, some armies use this very tactic to to get into places and they, they walk in step, in line, placing 
feet upon feet so that what might look like one set of footprints, <laughs> it's actually quite a lot more because they're able in sync with each other to do incredible things. Who are you following? What are you following? Where will it take you? Have you thought recently in your own life, at whatever age you're up to, whatever stage you're in with your life, have you thought about what you're actually doing with the time that God has given you? And maybe that might lead to this question that you are being led by something or someone that is causing you to veer off the path. Are you doing what God has asked you to do? Are you living in a way that is good for you and good for those who follow you? Because just one little step to the left, just one millimeter, one centimeter, one inch each day might take you somewhere where God never wanted you to go. It might cause you to have to go through something that God never wanted you to have to go through. You see, Jesus gives us a way to live so that we don't walk where we shouldn't walk or have to endure what He never wanted us to have to endure. Yet I love that love endures all things. God goes with us always. He's there. He knows who we are understanding of our weaknesses, recognizing that the Bible says even that our heart is desperately wicked. Innate, as human beings, we have a tendency to lean in desperation toward the wickedness, to serve the flesh, to serve oneself. So making sure that you are keeping in step with Jesus is really really important because as you follow Christ, He is not going to lead you off the garden path, so to speak. He's going to lead you into all good things. As the saying goes, just because lots of other people are doing it or going that way doesn't mean you should. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 to 14 Jesus said, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Yes, the way is narrow and the road is difficult, but it's easier with Jesus. Come back to Jesus. If you've been wandering off, if you've been following something or someone else, come back to God because His footsteps will lead you the right way. He leads us besides the waters. He leads us into victory. He leads us with love. He leads us to abundant life, satisfied, content, at peace and filled with joy. If you're not experiencing those attributes I just spoke of, you can come back to God. 
follow in his footsteps. Lean in. Lean in again. Lean in closer. Jesus, why did the crowds flock to him? Because of the way that he taught. How did he live? How did he lead his life? Think about his family, his friends, his neighbors. He told us, exampled it, helped and gave, empowered us, and he will reward us. Jesus leads us into, he leads us to life, to repentance, to salvation. He leads us to understand our purpose. When we stuff up, he covers us. It's our secret with him. When we strive and fall or take a leap and begin to sink, he is there to catch us, help us, guide us back. When we want to give up, he carries us. When we walk away, he finds us and reminds us of who we are to him, of who we are, that it's about what he has done and not what we have done. He forgives us, forgets, and never brings it back up again. He champions us. He resources us. He gives us freedom and he defends us he fights for us and I love that he is preparing a place for us he is preparing a place for you and for me because he wants us he doesn't just want us so he restores us made a way for us to be one with our heavenly father and one with each other if only the world would accept him if only the world would live by his example, they too could have everything that you and I have. As Christians, we have it all. Jesus is the answer. I want you to apply this to yourself now and think about who are you leading? And can they follow? Should they follow? Paul put it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. It's a bold statement to make. But my friend, it's a statement that you should strive to be able to make in your life. To tell those around you, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Parents in the room, live in a way following your leader and lead like Jesus led so that you can say to your children, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Singles in the room, let Jesus lead you. Follow his example because he won't lead you off and he won't lead you astray and he's not going to lead you into a time where you're going to struggle. But the best part of your story right now is that you are walking it with Jesus. Don't despise your time of singleness. It's a time where you can be devoted to the things of God, Jesus said. When you are single, you are able to be devoted to the things of God because when you are in relationship with another human being, you are required to be devoted to them because it is a good and godly thing. 
follow Jesus. Any owners in the room, bosses, leaders, will take that responsibility seriously. And be an owner, be a boss, be a leader. That you can have confidence in that statement, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Children in the room, follow the leader. Obey your parents, the Bible says. Live honorably. Honor your father and mother. And the gift to us who do is that you will live a long life. You see, whenever we follow the way that Jesus says to live our life, as we follow our leader, he leads us into all good things. The world calls them rules and regulations and uh, I don't want it, so I'm not going to be a Christian. Well, can I encourage you that as you follow those rules and regulations, it's actually true freedom. And it helps you to live a life of freedom, a life of abundance, a life of default blessing attached to living it that way. Honor your parents and you'll get a long life. Well, if you want a long life, honor your parents, and so on. Here's some things that we're meant to be as Christians. We're meant to be the head and not the tail. You and I have been called to lead, called to influence the world around us, to live in a way that reveals to the world the way of Jesus, the blessed way, the only way. Your lifestyle should not just help you, but it should be helping those around you. As Christians, we've been called to lead society and social justice. How dare we leave it up to the government? They use our money anyway. Some people think that money comes from, I don't know where they think it comes from. The government's money is your money. It's your tax. But why leave it up to the government to show us how to love the world? to lead in standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves, to lead in giving, inventing, educating, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to live humbly before our God. We are called to lead. I believe for too long the followers of Jesus have relinquished their responsibility to the world. to the leaders of the world. And we look at what they're doing to our nation. And we start to think, how dare they? How could they do that? How could they allow that? Well, in my opinion, they shouldn't even have to be doing it in the first place because there is another institution that Jesus began and it's called the Bride of Christ, the church, the living church who has been given all power and authority here on earth to do the things that Jesus was doing. Yet sometimes I think we worry too much about what goes on here on Sunday and are not enough about what's going on in our world around us on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Those days should matter more to you and I than today. 
And it is time, church, for us to get up out of our boat and get out and start walking on water. Start being the answer to the issues of the world around us because you carry the answer and his name is Jesus. Any circumstance that you walk into that needs something to shift, that needs something to happen, to see it turn around, you're the answer because you're the son of God. You're the daughter of God and you carry the ability as a royal child of God to be able to impact in that moment. Yet I think the church has relinquished it all or too much of it. Maybe all's a bit bold. feel like prophesying right now. Today it's time to stand up, it's time to step out, it's time to do what God has called us to do. I think we've allowed ourselves to be riddled with fear and we're holding on to that oar and well he's not getting out so I'm not getting out. I'll wait for the Peter to rise up and get out. No, 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 you've got Jesus living inside of you too and you can influence the people around you because you know people I don't know. I know people you don't know. That's why he chose us to go into all the world, preach the good news, the message of life, to show them Jesus and to lead like Jesus. It's time to lead like Jesus. Can I get the band to come back up? You might ask, why this series? Why like Jesus? Well, (laughs) Jesus is awesome, and everything about him is awesome, and we should live like Jesus. But it's because of soul's goals. There's too many people around us hurting. There's too many people around us struggling. And I think too many of us are hurting and struggling. But as we implement what the Scriptures tell us to, As we spend time as families around the Word of God, reading it, implement it. Dinner, devotions, dessert. Do whatever you need to do as families at home during the week, Monday to Saturday, to understand the teachings of Jesus, to encourage each other, to stir each other up, to set each other on fire, to send each other out and do what is on us because there's so much greatness even right here, right now in this room. And I believe God is calling us out to come out of our boat. Come on, the church is not an ark. We're not meant to be shut up and shut out of the world, of all of the storm that's going on out there. That was for one moment, in one season, for one family. But our family, the family, is in a different type of boat. And it's a boat that we want everyone to get on board with. And the only way we're going to do that is if we leave the boat and leave Sunday services encouraged and equipped and inspired to just find one person who will let us tell them about Jesus. To just find one person that we can heal. To just find one person that we can give to. I can guarantee you that this week, on Monday to Saturday, 
there will be at least one opportunity where you can shine like Jesus. Where you can choose at work to judge like Jesus. A moment in your family or with friends where you can love like Jesus. But you have to make a decision to lead like Jesus. It's what we've been called to do. Living like Jesus will benefit us, but it's going to benefit those around us also. Come on, my action point for today is this, that we would acknowledge who we really are and who we aren't. And take responsibility, repent and lead a life like Jesus. You don't need to be somebody to lead the world. You are somebody and you carry somebody. You carry a whole lot of power and a whole lot of goodness and you have access to a whole lot of resource. I think, again, the church has got into a state where we are beginning too often to see by our sight and allow our limitations to limit an unlimited God. But that's not who we are. That's not who He is. My friends, we can do it. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Come on, we can do it. He has chosen us. He's chosen you. If you're in the room and you've got relationship with Jesus, He has chosen you and He still chooses you. Chooses you today and He's going to choose you tomorrow. It's okay if you've been struggling. Stand up again. Step out again. Take Jesus by the hand if you need to. You don't have to do it alone. He doesn't want you to. He didn't even ask you to. He literally said, I will be with you even to the end of the age. Every day be Jesus. To every person, shine Jesus. In every moment, judge like Jesus. Love like Jesus. Lead like Jesus. Now I'm excited for my final episode of this series next time as we wrap it all up and live like Jesus. But today I want to pray for us. I want to make some statements and some declarations because I believe that there's gifts in this room, gifts of greatness. People like David Livingston who just didn't like that something evil was happening in the world that he was a part of and so he decided to do something about it and he is obsessed with finding out the source of the Nile River with one thing in mind that if he could it would give him fame that would give him influence that would give him power among men to be able to abolish a slave trade come on there's a lot of evil going on in the world around us and you and I carry a whole lot of joy love and hope and freedom Come on, would you close your eyes today and I want you to engage in this moment with Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you are a great leader and that as we follow you and as we follow your example and lead like you led, God, I pray that the things that we lead, the families we lead, the groups we lead, the people we lead, Lord God, I pray that we would lead like you led. God, that we wouldn't be 
people that block others, but God, that we would be a group of people that release others, that we can see people like you saw people. Oh, Lord Jesus, like you saw the disciples and you knew with three years with you that they would go on to do incredible things. Lord, help us to see people with your eyes. Help us to see ourselves through your eyes. God, right now I call out the greatness within this room. Lord God, the gifts that you have given to each and every one of us to impact the world around us, Lord, I pray that you would stir us up this morning to get up out of the boat, to stand up and to step out and to do what you have called us to do. Come on, why don't you begin to stir yourself up right now and just ask God, ask God, maybe for something that you've given up on, maybe a dream that you've had for your life and something that you want to do, or maybe maybe there's someone in your family that you've stopped praying for or stopped believing for right now. This is a moment. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would, within us, set something on fire that we cannot quench. Oh, Lord God, burn what should not be there and set on fire what should be, I pray, in Jesus' name. Lord God, that we would be stirred to those around us. Lord God, that we would be stirred to lead like you led. Lord God, that we would not give in so easily. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, for those in the room right now that are struggling, Lord God, that they would have the confidence, the boldness to reach out and to grab you by the hand, to take your hand. Oh, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would help us to do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you've been sent as our helper. You've been sent as the power from on high to empower us to be the witnesses to the world around us. So I pray this morning that you would empower us to do Lord God, the things that we can do for you in our workplaces, in our families, in our streets. Lord God, that we would begin to see a shift and a change. Lord God, issues with our bosses, issues with our colleagues, issues with our employees. Lord God, issues with family members, issues with friends, issues with neighbours. Lord God, that we would begin to see a pathway through in Jesus' name I pray, that you would give us creativity. Lord God, that you would give us the answer, that you would cause something to be unlocked, that you would give us discernment, that you would give us wisdom. Lord God, that we could see something that is not going well right now in our lives turn around for good. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord God, that we would see you moving in our weeks Lord God, in incredible ways. Lord, that the people around us would only be able to give glory to you, Heavenly Father. Lord, that our lives would make famous the name of Jesus. Lord God, that our lives would make the name of Jesus known and visible. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord God, for every person in the room right now, I ask that you would help them to be unlocked tomorrow in what you've got for them to do. Holy Spirit, help them to be unlocked in their relationships, I pray. Lord, that a boldness would come upon them tomorrow in Jesus' name. Lord God, that they would have that confidence to step out and to do the call. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. My friends, He's a good God, and He loves us, and He wants us. And I want to encourage you, if you're in the room today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, well, He wants one with you, and He loves you, and He has a plan for your life. And if that's you in the room, I'm going to offer an invitation right now that if you want to start one, I invite you to raise your hand. I'm going to look across the room in a moment. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess it, it says that you'll be saved. You'll come into relationship with Jesus. You get to do life with Him. So I just invite everyone to close their eyes and I'm going to look across the room right now. And if that's you and you want to say, yep, Jesus, I choose you. Jesus, I want you. I just invite you to raise your hand right now. Is there anyone here? I want to encourage you to do relationship with him. Thank you. Thank you. You can put that down. Is there anyone else? Anyone else this morning? You want to do that? I encourage you. It's the best decision because he wants you. He wants to do life with you. Is there anyone else? Come on, church, would you repeat a prayer after me this morning? And let's pray and encourage this person and anyone else in the room that wants to engage in this moment. I encourage you to do so. Dear Jesus, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for loving me. Today I choose you. Choose to live for you. Choose to love like you. Choose to lead my life like you. I want what you want for me. The best life possible. Today, Jesus, and forevermore, I choose you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, let's celebrate that. He's a good God. 